0: Hi my name is Rachel Sung and this is my dad Wani and we'll be reading today's scripture which comes from Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. Please give your attention to the reading of God's Word. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him.
1: they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in the dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Amen. And now let's give our attention to the preaching of God's word. Thanks to Rachel Sung.
0: Thanks for Father Deacon Wani Sung. I don't know, he sounded pretty dramatic and deeper than usual, but I'm thanking God for the reading of his word. Hey, can I pray for us on this Merry Christmas Eve Sunday? Let's pray. Mm. Father God, thank you for this gathering we know that into eternity you are calling and gathering worshipers to jesus your son who was born to die but was raised as king of kings holy spirit i pray that you would speak and touch lives this day nothing good can happen apart from you so as we listen lord please help us to hear the very voice of god we pray this together in jesus name amen well this christmas story begins with three wise men they are distinct distant uh astrologers they come to one king herod in search of yet another king our story ends with the three wise men departing never returning back to king herod because of the arrival of a much greater king This is all about a king versus the king of kings. King Herod, King Herod, my mom in her pronunciation of Harold sounds much like Herod my entire life and I really did not like stories that mentioned him but it's God's own sense of humor upon my life. I resonate and so much of King Herod relates with my natural lifestyle. You know, King Herod is the type of person who just wants to be great at something. He wants to be the best at something. He really wants to be a king. But as long as you do that with your life, you will always be beset by insecurity, anxiety, envy, rivalry, and fear. King Herod is a prototype of anyone who really can't stand anyone else in the world being a greater king. That's why we read in verse 2 of chapter 2 how these three distinguished astrologers come saying to an insecure king, notice what they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They mention another king. For we saw his star, a star? There's a star that appeared. There's a star that rose to locate the birth of another king. And just to top it all off, we have come to worship him. I mean, there's nothing worse that King Herod could have heard. Travelers from afar, following a star, mentioning another king, and they've actually come to worship him. That's King Herod, a present, temporal, powerful king. But the other main character goes by the name of Jesus, who has just been born. How small, how seemingly innocent and harmless upon his birth. But what a stir baby Jesus causes in the highest courts, even upon one of the highest thrones in the land. King Herod is so troubled. I mean, that's a bad translation. Okay, he is rattled. He's overcome that he summons all the chief scholars, Jewish leaders, religious scribes, and along with all of Jerusalem, they are so disturbed, and they actually quote an ancient prophecy, which is haunting to be sure, but is now coming to pass. Well, King, we, we did here, and we're going to read and quote for you that in this little town of uh, Bethlehem outside of Jerusalem, there will be a ruler, a ruler who will rise, Oh, little town of Bethlehem would give birth to another king. So King Herod seeks to manipulate and deceive these three wise men into locating the baby. He straight up lies to them and says, I want you to find out where he is born. I want to ascertain its location so that I too can go and worship him. Yeah, right. We find out in verse 16 of chapter 2, King Herod never intended to worship this child he intended to kill him. Because in verse 16, a historic event, he orders the killing of every male child two years and younger. Not only in Bethlehem. No, he wants to make it very safe and secure. All the surrounding regions. A king versus the king of kings. I've just got three signals here. Three... Um, Outstanding signals that Jesus was born to be the King of Kings. Right from our passage, number one, signal number one, the stars align to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. Even the stars cooperate to announce the arrival of the King of Kings. You know, as you know, politicians, marketers, businesses... Even pastors in churches try really, really hard to gain popularity, gain approval, maybe make your name a household name. So you spend any amount of money you want, you spin everything, you put in all kinds of efforts, you hire a campaign or an advertising team so that you can win maybe an election. Well, here is Jesus. from the outset who has the incomparable power and majesty of all of creation advertising for him. All of creation is working for him. Jesus himself later on in Luke chapter 19 verse 40 would say, if people and human beings keep their mouths shut In praise toward me. If people would keep mute and quiet in their praise of Jesus as king. He said these rocks would cry out. What an audacious claim. Jesus would say the trees would scream. The skies would shout. The ground would erupt. Along with the rocks. And what? What would they be saying? What would they be screaming? praise and worship to Jesus as king. One comedian recently conceded, you know, I don't know what you think about the Christian faith. I don't know what you think about Christianity yet. It has scandals and abuses to be sure, but Christianity is kind of one. What do you mean by this? Really, it's just Christianity is one. What do you mean? All calendars around the world date it as B.C. before Christ and then there's an A.D., after the birth of Christ. The stars aligned to announce and advertise the birth of Jesus. One particular star shone so bright that it attracted wise men from the far east that they could see it and track it. The birth of Jesus attracted and summoned pagan astrologers, non-believers, multi-religious, multicultural multinational crowds, Gentiles, non-Jewish to be sure, colored dark-skinned and white and everything in between because the reign, the kingdom of this baby boy would gather and reach to the furthest and deepest corners of the cosmos. God is literally moving heaven and earth to reach and to reign over all nations. And to that end, God always sends his best. He always sends his best. CCSC, I want to tell you that our missionaries over in Asia, I had the pleasure and privilege you sent me and supported me, but our missionaries who are simply some of the most resilient, courageous, faithful, humble people you'll ever meet, thank you. They give heartfelt, tear-filled thanks for every thoughtful gift, for every letter, for every email, for small groups who pray for them, for a coordination when they come back. They have told me that CCSE is one of the best encouraging, supporting churches. I don't think I could hear something higher or better about a church. They thank you and appreciate what you are doing. But God is sending a surely the best out to reach the nations. And here's how I know God always sends his best. Because the first he sent was Jesus. Jesus was born to reach all the nations. The irony is that those who are the closest or maybe the most churched or the most familiar and comfortable with Jesus and the Holy Bible, oftentimes don't really get to see and believe and worship Jesus as king. Like the Jews who had the scriptures, they missed and neglected the newborn king born in Bethlehem. Whereas those who are far distant, unreached, foreigners outcast they all come the world is starving oh i assure you you may not see or feel it as much here in la or orange county but i was riveted and startled once again by the starvation of humanity after a true king they are coming to see and to believe in jesus you know, back to this star. The stars aligned to announce his birth. Think about that. The stars, the skies, all of creation serves its greatest purpose by serving and working for its creator. Let me say that again. The stars in the sky serve its greatest purpose by serving her creator. Are you? Am I? Figuratively speaking, you know, the only stars that'll never burn out, the only stars that'll keep burning are the stars that derive its source and are the stars that serve its creator. They will go on shining and burning forever. Signal number one, that this was no ordinary birth. It was not just an historic birth. It was not just a calendar-changing birth. It was not just a history-changing birth. No, it was the arrival of a king of kings. Why? The stars aligned for him. Signal number two. Jesus receives treatment fit only for a king from the day of his birth. Look at verses 10 and 11. 10 and 11 of our passage. When they, the three wise men again, saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I, quite, quite redundant, isn't it? Rejoiced? exceedingly great joy ecstatic they lost their minds their hearts felt like they were going to burst they had never experienced something like this when they approached the presence of the king of kings they were overcome with joy verse 11 and going into the house they saw the child with Mary his mother and they fell down and worshiped him then opening their treasures they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh. Upon seeing the baby boy with his mother, Mary, the three wise men were overcome and wrecked with mega joy, exceeding joy, overflowing, uncontainable joy. Now here's what the commentators would tell us. This is not just a little overnight trek. No trains, planes, automobiles, right? Some commentators conjecture this is a two-year journey, two years since they first saw a star. And they were so intrigued and interested in that star, they just kept tracking it for two years. And it wouldn't just be three men traveling by themselves. No, you need a whole group, and entourage, right, for support, for navigation, for food, for shelter, Commentators will go on to say, this is probably a company of close to 200 people. 200 people for two years. Now can you begin to understand why, when they finally located and found this boy in Bethlehem, what fulfillment and joy overtook them? This story is all about the worship of Jesus. The worship of Jesus. No, I'm not talking about imitation of Jesus. I'm not talking you just like Jesus. I'm not talking about just admiration of Jesus. I'm not talking about you admire his ethics and you try to copy him and learn some lessons from him. No, no, we're going way further. We're talking about the worship of Jesus. This is worship. The worship of one true king. And I want to tell you, my friends, this morning... As Christmas is tomorrow, of course, a made-up holiday to kind of get maybe close to the date of when Jesus was born. We're probably about 10 to 14 days off, by the way. But the worship of Jesus is all that your hearts were really made for. The worship of Jesus is the end fulfillment of all your dreams and pursuits. Worship is attractional, instinctual. It is soul-satisfying you and I are never more alive. You are never fully more yourself and who you were made to be by God than being in awe of someone much greater, Jesus, the King of Kings. But worship is not just passionate. It's not just instinctual. It's not just attractional. It's not, may I say, just natural of all the human beings. You're going to worship something all the time. But worship here is also most practical. It's sacrificial. It's sacrificial. All worship is sacrificial. You are giving up time and energy and effort to worship that thing, that object. You have to forsake something else to give your attention to worship someone or something. And here it is sacrificial and therefore life-giving. Wise men brought and presented gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, why these three gifts? You do know there were no such things as birthdays or baby showers in the ancient Near East. You do know that that is a foreign concept, but why would this attract the presentation of gifts? Again, commentators would tell us, well, the gold was obvious, invaluable, precious, expensive, that is a gift for royalty frankincense other commentators would say that was a gift appropriate to or it was representative of the deity the divinity of jesus christ and last but not least myrrh was representative of his humanity may i differ slightly today as a pastor not going to live and die on this theory but that doesn't really make sense to me that distinguished pagan astrologers from afar who really didn't know who Jesus was or who he was going to be, would bring gifts that is already representative or appropriate to his nature? I'm not quite sure that would make sense. I think the astrologers brought gifts that were customary to their own culture. I think they brought things that they were used to. I think they brought the most valuable things that uh, made up their own livelihood. And so as the early church fathers observed, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh actually represented a surrender of their religious tools as astrologers. The gold, frankincense, and myrrh was actually a giving up of their former livelihood because astrologers would use these elements for their incantations or their worship or their manipulation of the astronomical gods. But you see, here's what worshiping Jesus really means then. Here's what worshiping Jesus would actually require. It means for the wise men to give up their former way of life. It means for the wise men to give up their former religion. It, ge- it means for the wise men to even risk their livelihood. And do you know what that would mean for you and me? To really worship Jesus. It would mean you drop all former gods. You drop all former obsessions. You drop all former tools and ways of life. Do you remember when Jesus called his first disciples? What were they doing? They were fishing. They were literally fishing. That was their trade, that was their livelihood. And then Jesus says, Come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They dropped their fishing nets, they dropped their vocation. They dropped everything they were used to because they trusted by following Jesus, he would make them into greater fishermen than they could have ever fathomed. The wise men here in worship of a king follow his orders. They are now obedient because on the way back, King Herod, who says, oh, I want to find out where this baby is located so I can worship him. No, 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 no. They're warned. They're warned by an angel sent by God. They obey new, a new master. They obey new orders. And they go by another route. And they depart from King Herod because they have received the arrival of a greater king. Signal number 1 that Jesus was no ordinary birth. He was born to be king of kings. The stars aligned to announce his birth. <laughs> number 2, Jesus received treatment fit for only for a king. Number 3, last one. Last one. He has sovereign security detail. Jesus had the best security team. After this episode, baby Jesus Because his father, Joseph, and Mary are warned, they flee, they become refugees down to Egypt to escape the slaughter of innocent baby boys. Did you know history tends to repeat itself? Bethlehem right now is located in the West Bank. Please give what you can to Convoy of Hope or anything you can. Toward that region. And the reports are that Palestinian Christians, you do know there are Palestinian Christians who have a completely very different worldview and scriptural interpretation than maybe Western Christians. Palestinian Christians are being threatened to extinction today in Bethlehem. How strange. And whenever you see the picture of a dark-colored, frazzled, dirty, hungry, crying refugee boy, please do remember this season, one of them was Jesus, who fled to Egypt. Well, Christmas is all about the worship of a refugee, the worship of an escapee the worship of someone seemingly powerless and vulnerable, but he was born to become king of kings. I tell you, my friends, this day, I don't know if you believe anything I say. I don't know if in America people believe anything that the scriptures say anymore. But Jesus Christ deserves your worship. Jesus Christ demands all of your worship. And Jesus Christ will get all your worship he will he actually will it's a guarantee philippians chapter 2 verses 8 to 11 read this and being found in human form he jesus christ humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross therefore god has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the end of history. This is the ending of your life and mine. Whether you would like to, prefer to, enjoy it, love it, or not, every knee will bend every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue will confess jesus is lord to the glory of god the father but here's the marvel for you and i this morning only for now for a limited time offering a finite window And only for some people in this room. Jesus doesn't want to force you to worship him. He wants to win your worship with his love. Jesus doesn't want to just make you bend the knee. He will not just make you utter and confess that Jesus is Lord. But he wants to woo and win your heart. He wants to capture your soul. He wants your willing and voluntary worship. Because here's the only king you will ever meet who cares more about your life than his own. He's the only king who's building a kingdom that values your life more than his own. He's the only king who will love you better and forever than any other lover ever will. Just for now, only for now, for a select few. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, wants you to willingly, with mega joy, with mega joy, worship Him. I haven't seen the movie Napoleon yet. It's got mixed reviews. I'm interested, but this is attributed to Napoleon toward the end of his life. "Quote: Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires, but on what did we rest the creations of our genius upon force?" upon just military force, upon threats and doom and gloom. But Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of people would die for him. And at this hour, millions of men would die for him. Here's why Christian people want to worship him and die for him. Because at the cross, Jesus was born to die. And at the cross, the stars and the skies, they did not align. They did not cooperate. They turned against him. It says it turned completely dark and there was an earthquake. Creation erupted in chaos, rebellion against him, Jesus Christ, the creator who hung upon a cross. Jesus Christ did not receive royal treatment. He was not treated like a king. He was mocked like the worst of criminals in public. And he lost all of his security. He lost all his defenses. His father and his friends all abandoned him. And he was left to die. But when he died, when Jesus Christ died, the people who would come to worship and believe and follow him, his eternal life will become yours. I don't know if there was another greater hymn writer than Charles Wesley and Hark the Herald Angels Sing, who in that chorus wrote, born that man no more may die, Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn king! Glory to the newborn king! Please come and worship this king. Please come to Jesus. please drop and let go of all the other worships you've got going on in your life. They'll all let you down. The only light in the only life that never goes out is Christ the Son who burns forever in love for you. Pastor Jimmy read from Matthew 1:21. I didn't tell him, but it's perfect. Why was Jesus born? What's Christmas all about? You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save people from their sins. My friend, you have no greater need this Christmas season than this. You must be saved from your sins. You don't need a longer life. You don't need happier relationships. You don't need a bigger house. You don't need better health. You don't need people to love and respect you more. What you really need more than anything else in all the world is for God to save you from what you deserve because of your sins. Well, here's Jesus who came to love and save you from all your sins. You come and worship him you must believe in him. You must follow him. And his life will take the place of your death. There'll be no greater Christmas than this. And when he returns, oh, he sure will return as the king of all kings. Those who have willingly and joyfully already bent the knee and confessed that Jesus is Lord and are singing and serving and working and loving and following him, you will enter, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. But for those of you who neglect and continue to refuse, I'm sorry to say, Jesus will force you then Oh, but I hope and pray you don't have to be forced. I pray that Jesus would win you with his love today and in this season. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your very best, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to save us, to save us from lives filled with ourselves filled with loves and obsessions and distractions and idols that do not compare to you oh holy spirit please come with your saving love and save some this day and i pray o oh lord that you would comfort and encourage many this day to worship and follow you all our days for we know you have risen as a king of kings. And whatever we have given over willingly and joyfully now over to you, you have promised we can keep into forever. But Lord, whatever we hold back and try to keep for ourselves, we confess we will lose forever. I pray, O Lord, that you would do your saving, wonderful work, even this day. As we worship you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen.